0: Critical for success. And I'm sure many of you are aware that how eye care and ear care can go hand in hand. As an eye doctor, I did you know you can now create awareness, serve patients who have hearing loss as well. Just like giving out reading glasses, there are many solutions that can be provided for mild to moderate hearing losses. A supporter for this episode, I and Ear, designs exactly the same solution that you're looking for. They provide a collaborative program that will help you as an eye care provider to provide new ways to help your patients with hearing losses as well. This will not just significantly help you increase your revenue, but also help your patient in an internally new way. A new vision in hearing care can begin with you. To avail 50% discount on this onboarding with Eye and ear, please check out the description below. And with that, let's get started. Carol Burnett once said, when you have a dream, you've got to grab it and never let it go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nerdy Optometrist, a podcast channel for all things optometry. And this is your host, Vora. Before we get into the episode, please remember, you have to share, like, and subscribe my channel, and also follow Nerdy Optometrist on your favorite platform. And today, we're just going to dive in directly to introduce uh, this amazing guest that I have today for this episode. And once I start talking and describing about her achievements, I'm sure you all will believe she's a total nerd. And she was a nerdy optometrist much before even this channel existed. uh, It's my pleasure to introduce Dr. Glinda Alman Mohepat. She's the founder and CEO of iSmart Vision Care, located in Miami, Florida. She's certified in orthokeratology and scleral lens fitting, specializing in paragon CRT, contacts, OK lens, Gov OrthoK lens, Lucid Emerald lens, Europia lens and Zen lens. Yes, when you talk about anything myopia control, she's the person to go to. In her practice, she specializes in providing myopia management. She has established a specialty contact lens clinic within her practice. That's definitely something we are all interested in and we're going to dig deeper into this conversation. She graduated from Nova Southeastern uh, South University with a Bachelor of Science degree in Vision Science and received her Doctor of Optometry from NSU College of Optometry. She currently serves as the President of the American Academy of Myopia Control and Orthokeratology, South Florida chapter. She serves on the Chair Advisory Committee of the Broward College Optitionary Program. In her mission to stop the myopia epidemic, Dr. Mohaput has recently launched her new venture, OK Love, is a myopia control expert consulting designed to educate and consult fellow optometrists on implementing myopia control practices. That's a very interesting initiative, and I can't wait to learn more about it. And she extensively lectures and contributes on topics including orthokeratology and myopia management. With that, a very warm welcome, and thank you so much for being part of this episode. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here.
1: And I had the pleasure to meeting you in person in Vegas. So I'm really excited
0: to do this. Thank you again for the invitation. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe how surreal that that entire meeting was. I started my journey or I would say struggle in the US. where my first trade show was Vision Expo West after you know pandemic it was again when i went back and thanks to the podcasting and people who have been so kind in the industry i was able to recognize so many people and meet so many people in the in person for the first time so it's such a it's been an amazing event that you know i could also meet you in person and uh just to kind of you know go back to how all of this started in your life. I really want us to kind of go really back and tell me why or how did you choose optometry? Was it your dream or was it a beautiful accident?
1: I think it was a pure coincidence. So, you know, it's really funny because I almost never tell where I started my journey. I usually say where I started just optometry but I've been in this industry for 25 years. Oh my goodness. So um how I got into the optical industry was really, really funny because um right out of high school, my sister and I had relocated to a different city and we both went in for interviews. I had studied computer science, so I had gone to my interview and my sister was a teacher, and the agency that was looking for jobs for us sent her to an optical. Kind of, you know, a chain optical similar to Lens Crafters is here
0: mm-hmm. that
1: um Back in Honduras, it was called Optica Matamoros. So, my sister went for her interview, and I've always been, you know, more outspoken, more outgoing than she was. So, I said, okay, we're new in this city. Um, I can figure out my way around. So, why don't you go to your interview and I'll come back to pick you up to the interview? When I came back to pick up my sister to the interview where she was interviewing to be one of the sales associate for that optical, um, I walked in and, you know, I was dressed apart because I just came from my interview. So, they asked me, are you here for the interview? So I was like, sure. So if anyone knows me, they know that, you know, if I see an opportunity, I'll take it. Like I'll, you know, jump first and then figure it out later. So I was like, sure, we're interviewing, we need a job. So yes, I I am here for the interview. So long story short. I got the job, my sister didn't get it, but, you know, we were both new in the city, so I figured, you know, we increased our chances, and at least one of us got the job. So that's how I got into this whole world of um, opticianry, optometry, and when I moved to the U.S. Uh, two years later, after that initial um, job interview, I came to the U.S., and I thought you needed to have a degree, you know, be a um, License or some sort of college degree to work in in the industry, and to my surprise, I was just walking, in and I always loved the optical industry. So I walked mm-hmm. into an optical, and they were trying to recruit me. So when they were actively trying to get me to get a job at a Pearl Vision, I understood the value, and I was like, "Oh wow, I can." You mean you you want me? And they're like, "Yes, you're bilingual. You have experience. Oh my gosh, we want to hire you." Um, so. That walking into the shopping plaza really opened my eyes. And once I knew that I didn't need to have a degree per se to work in the industry, I knew that's all I wanted to do. So I ended up getting a job in a Walmart optical as a sales associate, basically uh-huh. entry level, which meant that, you know, I was pulling every different direction. Like you know, I could be doctor's assistant one day. I would be selling glasses the next day. I would be, um, you know, putting merchandise up on the boards. So I used to do everything. And um, because I was so involved in my job, I got promoted to vision center manager within a year. So Mm -hmm. after a year, I became a vision center manager. And I think one of my, in my career challenges that I had was being a manager of the optical without being a licensed optician. I had a lot of limitations because at the end the licensed professional had the last word. And for me being a manager, I just didn't feel right, you know, being uh, supervising other people that had more knowledge than me. So it just didn't seem right to me. So I said, you know what, Um, I definitely want to go to school. And I was trying to figure out where or what exactly I wanted to do. I didn't always just wanted to to be an optometrist. At that point, I was trying to figure out, you know, if I was going to stay in the industry or do a different career. And One day, I guess this is just fate. it was just, I was in Walmart doing vision screenings for a patient, and the patient said, "Um, okay, let's go, I want to do this, I want to do the eye exam. I walked him over to the optical, and when I walked him over, I said, you're going to see Dr. Weston today, and he said, who, Dr. Weston, and he was like, what do you mean, you're not a doctor, and I was like, no, I'm just the vision center manager, and um, when I said that, I don't know, he just looked at me and said, well, why not? And I was like, why not what? And he said, why are you not the doctor? He's like, you know, you, you're you a very um, smart girl. I really like your personality. This is the only reason why I wanted to do the exam is because I thought you were gonna be helping me, taking care of me. And he just looked at me and he's like, why not? And it just, I don't know, he's, the way he said it, it just got to me and I was like, you're right. I could be the doctor. <laughs> And, um, you know, I had, a, I did a story recently for um, Black Eye Care, and I was sharing the story. And um, I think it's important because my situation at the moment, I was uh, 23 years old. I had three children. I had my children very young, and uh, I was a single mom. And, you know, that just, sometimes you don't know the lives you're going to touch. Like, I don't know that person. I don't remember You know, I don't remember his name, but he definitely touched my life. And, you know, even though at the moment, the way he said it, I didn't think about being, you know, a single mom, having three kids. There were no obstacles in my head, just that you're right. I want to do this. I can do this. And um, that day I took the first step, which was to enroll to get my American Board of Opticianary certificate. Mm -hmm. I I took the certificate. I passed. And once I did that, I, I knew for a fact that I did wanted to go to school to become a doctor. But because of my personal situation, it made more sense to get my license as a licensed optician first. So, so that's what I did. So I got my license um, as a licensed optician in 2006. I took maybe a year off um, where I met my ex husband, but my husband then. <laughs> Got married, so got like a year off, and uh, and I decided that I wanted to become a doctor because when I went through the opticianary program, I just really loved the patient care. In Florida, when you go through opticianary school, we actually learned how to do the full exam from beginning to end, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that. So that's when I solidified, you know, my desire to become an optometrist. And at that point, you know, there was
0: nothing that was going to stop me. I feel I'm already feeling so inspired and I'm learning so many things just a couple of highlights which you said so comfortably and easily but I can totally I really love to have you started that you know you are kind of a person who just given an opportunity would jump into it and then figure it out I feel that's the best approach because sometimes we we are hesitant and we will we will think that hey I can't do this because I don't know it But not everybody knows everything. People are just there and everybody is figuring it out at some stage of their life. So why not you? And I really love that how that one opportunity led to so many things as I would say like a ripple effect, which is impacting so many lives and the entire community with all that you're doing today. So thank you so much for you know like jumping into every opportunity, giving that interview, and you know experiencing what eye care industry is all about. I loved all these beautiful accidents, and one thing which I know you you did mention, and I'm I'm also very appreciative that you know you were not hesitant to share that. Sometimes being women, uh, we tend to you know. Restrict ourselves about the opportunity. We all are like so much bound. Like you can't do this. This is your priority. You know this is not possible. We are always uh, taught to learn, think about others first and not about what your what your wishes are. But I loved with along with all the responsibility that you had being a single mom with three kids. Nothing would have been easy. But I loved how you were so passionate and you followed it. So kudos to your your courage and everybody who supported you during that journey.
1: Thank you. So, yeah, you know, I've always, since I've been asked to um, participate or share my story in different platforms, I've always been debating where do I start? Do I, but I think it's, you know, going back to jumping into an opportunity, I think it's really important because we don't want to, I feel a lot of people just overanalyze everything and they, if you wait until you have everything, you know, ready and organized, most of the time that's never going to happen. Even when you think you have everything organized, things always come up because mm-hmm. so they can never be, you know, a hundred percent prepared. So I think that's important. You know, I don't know who's watching this, but hopefully we can inspire
0: somebody. Absolutely. That's that's our goal. And I'm sure we are all work in progress. There is never work done. So let's just try to, you know, continue doing whatever we're doing and improve every single day. Now, I did briefly mentioned about, you know, different roles. Like, of course, you started uh, through an accident. You felt eye care industry is the place you want to be. And and gladly so, you have done so much work in the specialty eye care space, specifically talking about myopia management and orthokeratology and fitting specialty contact lenses. Tell us a little more about how did you feel or realize that this is my passion, this is where I want to kind of you know build my expertise. Because sometimes we want to do everything, and we're not sure where where we want to you know stick and grow. How how were you able to figure that out?
1: Um, so I actually was able to figure out what I wanted to do um, when I was in optometry school. When I went in my third year, I was doing rotation. So that means we spent three months in a pediatric rotation. We spent a few weeks in low vision. Um, we spent six weeks in uh, disease. So I was doing diabetic, the diabetic rotation. And going through that journey, it's when I realized, you know, for example, I love, you know, old people, older people, like I love my grandmother. She was the favorite person in the world to me. And I thought for sure that because of the love I had for my grandmother, that I was gonna work with the geriatric community. But mm-hmm. when I went through my rotation, that was not the case. I did not <laughs> enjoy it at all. And uh, primary care was great. I love primary care because it was, you know, I, a lot to learn, a lot to see. Um, But again, it's too vast, too much. And what I noticed, actually, my kids noticed, and my husband at the time, that whenever I came home after my PIDS rotation, I was just so happy, and I was just sharing my stories with the kids. And they actually said, you know what? You need to do pediatrics, because when you come back from clinic, when you work with kids, you're just happy and friendly. And when you go to other rotations, you come back, and you're, like, miserable. (laughs) That was the first time that they actually noticed it, you know, not me. And um, then there was a project that we had to do at school. Um, It was for a scholarship. And in that project, we had to develop a business plan. And, you know, everything that I do, whether it's an assignment, uh, it's it's just a friend, you know, we're doing something with friends. I always put 100% of myself. And in that scholarship program, I was like, okay, we're going to do this business plan as if I'm actually going to execute this. And I found, I had the address um, of the office where I wanted it. And I wanted a, in that business plan, I said, I'm going to have a primary care office with an emphasis in pediatrics and a specialty on myopia management. And I did that. And I am a strong believer in the law of attraction and, um, you know, the manifesting what you want. Mm -hmm. And I think- you leave something and you write it down like it it happens so I did the business plan and the name on that business plan the whole project was iSmart Vision Care and you know which is after I graduated I actually was able to fulfill my business plan I didn't win the scholarship my friend and I we didn't win but, you know, to see that every once in a while, it comes up on my memories and to see that school project actually now is a reality. It's um, it's pretty amazing. So that's how I got into working with pediatrics. And fortunately for me, as soon as I graduated optometry school, my first job, I got a job working in a primary care office with an emphasis in pediatrics and myopia okay control. So I started doing work OK day one out of school so that was uh, I feel very fortunate that you know the universe just lined up everything for me so that was amazing and that's wonderful once I knew that I I, you know I just the, it's so rewarding like what we are able to do for these kids and we're knowing knowing that you know we're literally changing their lives it's just nothing it's not a better feeling than that it doesn't get old every day I do it I get super excited
0: that's that's wonderful. I really loved, you know, how you how you felt it was a calling, and I I really would like to point out one thing which you said that sometimes when in school, right, we tend to take these projects and uh, assignments to literally like, who cares? What am I going to do with it? I'm just going to kind of do whatever and submit. I just want to get marks, and we don't think about the bigger picture. But that could be an opportunity to, you know, write down your dreams and do the legwork along with a mentor who's going to help you review and assist you as well. So I think I really loved how you how you even started, like, you know, grab every opportunity. It was a college project where most of them or even people, you know, who did one scholarship might have just done it for the heck of it, and I'm like, okay, let's what looks more at most attractive, let me just do it. But you did it with a sheer plan, and I think that's very appreciative. And we all should kind of learn from that that whatever you do, try to put in your 100%. Uh, just because you don't know how what the outcome would even you know, lead to, it, even if it's not an immediate uh, reward at that point, absolutely. So, um, after
1: um, I did that. But i wanted to tell you the address that i had on my business plan i actually got the building for my office so that wow. is pretty, very
0: that's pretty pretty cool that's pretty cool <laughs> and, uh, I, a, that's, that's, really- I think that's meant to be that's definitely meant to be and i have most people
1: don't know this but i have a funny anecdote of you know so i i um founded iSmart vision care that was my first baby And, you know, during the pandemic, when COVID, um, it was, it was slow. So I was very fortunate again to fall into, somebody gave me very good tips and they said you should do the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses. So Uh during COVID, when we were very slow, to me, that was like an amazing opportunity because Since my office was functioning at about 30% capacity, I had the time, I completed that program. And in that program, again, another project, there was an assignment to come up with a business growth opportunity, which is where OK Love was born. Mm -hmm. You know, I had, I did it through the program and I was like, this is amazing. I have all these resources. I literally had every professional guiding me through the process. So when I developed my mission statements, you know, a professional team would review it and tell me, oh, this is good or that's not good. So I, I created OK Love and I opened OK Love and that address that we had from that school project. And what's even funnier is that I said, I want to have my ortho clinic next to an orthodontist. So guess what? My next door neighbor, her office is an orthodontist's office. And the name of that office is Sweetheart Dental. Mm -hmm. And my name, the name of my office is OK Love. love. So I'm like, what? And we didn't even know each other before. Like I registered OK Love, you know, the name and everything. I established the LLC a year before I ever got the building. And, you know, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy that I landed next door to somebody who, you know like I was like okay love people's gonna think I'm crazy but I don't care I like it and then I get next to somebody's whose name is sweetheart dental so (laughs)
0: like it's just meant to be so I think this is very interesting and I always like to ask like how did people ask me as well like I know when I decided the name nerdy optometrist many of them were like why nerdy and I'm like because I like it and that's who I am how did you decide the name okay love. how did it come to you was it does it have some interesting story
1: um absolutely so um so really what happened is you know although I love myopia management that is my passion but when you ask me okay among the myopia management treatments which one is your favorite and my favorite is ortho K so you know anytime I hear myopia and my head is like ortho K so I was like I just love ortho K so that's really where the name came from and you know I think my first option was love ortho K I wanted to do something to just uh, transfer that passion that I have for orthokeratology keratology um, through the name of my practice I wanted to be part of the name so I just came up to you know okay love the initial so it's Ortho keratology, okay, love. Mm-hmm. And it's really because I love ortho okay So I, um that's it. That's how I came up with it. And I wanted to, you know, the logo, I wanted something with a circle in it to show the dynamic process of mm-hmm. ortho keratology and how we are reshaping the cornea. So when you look at my logo, that's why it has the little circles and the dots. And it's like they don't really meet because I wanted to show in the logo that orthokeratology is such a continuous dynamic process um the aesthetics like the colors everything that i did you know has to do with branding i just wanted something that um, catered to kids so Mm -hmm. it felt welcome to kids but also i designed my entire office and my brand thinking of the parents you know because i'm a parent and i know i'm 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 a terrible parent (laughs) i don't like taking my kids to the doctor because doctors offices for pediatrics are so chaotic they're you know right. they me and they usually have those uh blue green primary colors that are very bright and i was just like i don't that's not what i want so i knew i wanted a pediatric office but i didn't want the traditional you know like primary colors in um in my office So that's why everything, you know, that I came up, it was just like, it's very zen. And it's like, you know, it's kids friendly, but it's not like in your face. And I did that because I wanted, you know, I know most of the times are going to be the moms bringing the kids. So moms feel very welcome in in my office. They feel like they're in a spa. It's, It's a very relaxed, very inviting environment
0: that we have. That's wonderful. And I mean, as you said, like I feel it's it's so much fun in the details that you shared. Like, you know, you just don't think about the name or what you love, but how you even translated it into your practice and how the first impression goes because at the end of the day, we need to cater to a patient's need. And I really liked how you looked not only at kids' need and requirement, but also the parents. You want to make sure everybody is welcomed in your practice. It sounds, and I know you know it was a very uh, aesthetically, very interesting and very rewarding journey. But I want to know did you have any roadblocks? Because it sounds like you had a project, you made it in reality. You had a project and you made it in reality. I wish many no. more projects your way, but it wasn't that easy, or was it?
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you're going to make me cry. It was actually very hard because, you know, it was during COVID that I was doing that. But I'm a big believer that, you know, when God gives you lemons, you make lemonade um take what we have right and make something good out of it like i'm a, ultimately i think i'm a very optimistic positive person and um yeah i always say like oh yeah i did this and i I did that but it wasn't that easy because what happened was when i wanted to um open open love you know i was in this business program and they connected us with lending people we had a workshop on you know how to talk to the lenders And I did my budget and I had everything um, counting on getting finance, right? Getting a loan to open my practice. And at the last minute, um, my loan didn't get through. So I was like, oh my God, you know, like I remember I went through like a crisis for like two days and it was just, you know, horrible. But then I looked at all my finances, I looked at my other office and I basically had to go through my whole business plan and, and you know, revise it and see how, how I could do it because I was like, this is not going to stop me, you know? So it's like through my life, um yes, I everybody sees the end result. And I think that's why it's important to go all the way back and share like the first, like the beginning of the story because everybody sees me now and they're like, oh my God, you're so, you're doing so great. But, you know, it took a lot of work to be here. So... That was a major, major challenge for me was, you know, when I found out that I was not going to get the financing, I was like, well, I'm not going to give up. This is not going to, it's going to take more than that for me to give up. So, you know, I basically self-financed my office, which I'm very happy to say. Now that I look back, I'm glad because it made me design my office. I still got the same end product that I wanted, the aesthetics, my office, you know, it's beautiful. I'm very proud of it. Um, But because I had a major roadblock, it really made me look into being very frugal with my expenses. (laughs) And uh, at the end, I ended up with a a very low overhead. Mm -hmm. I have no financial, you know, burden right now. My office is paid off completely. And, um, you know, if I had that that major loan right now, I would have just another huge debt and, you know, to deal with. at the end, I'm glad that it happened like that. And but, you know, i'm a, I'm a person that doesn't I've been through so much in my life that that's like, okay, that's that's easy. Like it's just money, right? <laughs> I'll work three other jobs. I'll do whatever it takes, but I'm gonna make this happen. So so I did. i I had my office, my Walmarts, and I at the same time, I got an opportunity to do telehealth. So I was literally like a crazy person working two offices in one day. So I would work half day in one day. I would work the second half at the other office. And on the days in between, I would do telehealth, like I was working 24 over seven, basically. But wow. um, and in between, you know, I was doing a lot of it was uh, do it yourself projects that I did in my office, my, my kids, I brought them all in. I mean, it was like a, Whole family effort but that made it more beautiful and you know my kids are really invested in the office they picked you know it, it was like a family effort they had everybody had to approve the furniture and everything so it's, it's a really fun project at the end and you know my kids I feel like it they learned so much in the process um and and I think a lot of the times for for parents and it's turning mm-hmm. like into something else here but <laughs> Uh, for parents, we get we worry so much. I worried all the time like, you know, am I doing the right thing? Like, am I working too much? Am I leaving my kids too long uh, by themselves? But, you know, at the end, my kids, they when they come back and tell me, Mom, I'm so proud of you and look at everything you have done. So I, I make finally my peace with myself where I don't question myself anymore. My parenting style is that I lead by example, and that's the best, you know. Parents, and tip I could give to somebody here if they're parents. Um so yeah, so I that used to bother me, but now I'm just like, no, you know what? Um it's okay. And and yeah, so it's so that was a major roadblock for me um at OK Glove. And before that, just establishing myself as a myopia control expert, being practicing inside a retail location was another major block because you know I I worked very hard to um to make myself known and to become an expert, and then I had a blog where my colleagues who wanted to send me patients they would tell me, "Hey, Glenda, look, I send this patient to you." But when they found out that you were in a Walmart, they said they didn't want to go to Walmart. So that was another, you know, like mm. challenge I had to overcome. And you know, like my friends, they would say, "She's an amazing doctor. You gotta go see her. I know she's in Walmart, but you gotta get over that." And uh, you know, which ultimately led me to open okay love because um you know that was one of the challenges so I guess I turned something that was negative in a way and and I was like well you know what I'm getting a lot of referrals and I don't want that to be a limiting factor so that's also when I you know I felt the need to open okay love in a different location a private practice where it could be the the source for the home for all these referrals that I was getting. And then I still do my Walmart. I still have, I do my opium management and specialties there, but that's only for those patients. And now when I get referrals, they usually go to opium
0: you you definitely do sound like a superwoman, but I loved, you know, how you shared two very interesting things. And I think uh, I know uh, this was something similar, which had even came up in my previous episode, where Dr. Maria Sempalis, who everybody knows because of her corporate optometry uh, efforts and channels, she did mention that, like, even with, you know, all that she does, she like, I have kids, what I do is like, I ask them, let's read together, where I'll she'll be reading a few papers and articles or writing articles, and she lo- she'll ask her kids to read their books so it's like still a activity doing together but you know everybody's getting their job done and i loved how you reinforce because sometimes working mom single mom just mom in general we are too hard on ourselves that we don't feel we're giving enough time and attention and we set unrealistic expectations from ourselves uh, when, you know, especially, uh, raising our kids, but how, you know, you, you, you said a very, very wonderful statement was like lead by example. And they they're always watching. So even if you're not there, they're watching your efforts. They're watching your passion. They're seeing what you're trying to give out to the community. And at the end, they'll definitely appreciate it. So super proud of everything you're doing. And I really love how, you know, this message and positivity that you're sending out through this, through this, uh, episode, I'm, I'm loving it. Thank you. And I know we did talk a lot about, you know, optometry, orthokeratology and eye care, but it's time for my fun game segment, which is a rapid fire. So this is just to know more about you as a person. We're not going to talk about, you know, optometry or eye care anymore. So are you ready for a rapid fire round? The only rule is I'll ask a question. You have to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. All right.
1: <laughs> ready. All
0: right. Okay, Uh, my first question. Tell us about your favorite destination. Mauritius. Mauritius, wonderful. Uh, Tell me about your hobby or something that you do during your downtime.
1: Uh, Gardening.
0: Gardening, lovely.
1: Tell us about your favorite
0: cuisine. My favorite cuisine? Mm -hmm. Oh, Thai food, everything Asian everything asian <laughs> wonderful you're going to be my thai food partner i love it <laughs> tell us one thing which people don't know about you oh there's a lot but
1: um i i guess i used to be a performing artist on my teenage years
0: oh wonderful which, what would you perform were you like dancing what, what, what i you was
1: perform? I was singing uh and dancing I used to impersonate this uh she was the Spanish Lady Gaga at the time um it, it Gloria Trevi she was a very famous um singer back when I was on my teens and I again I was just pushed into impersonating her for one one event and after that I kind of liked
0: it so I used oh. to you still, at- do you still sing or dance during your downtime along with gardening um, after a, COVID, a few glasses of wine yes <laughs> <laughs> I love, it. love it if you were to interview someone dead or alive who would that be and what would the question be
1: oh, my grandmother she's uh-huh. she is my hero she inspires me every day i have a lot of wonderful mentors you know at the moment in life but she was my number one And do you
0: have any question for her?
1: I would ask her, um, so my grandmother always loved hats. And I I wanted to ask her something. I don't know if I would say that here, but I just want to, I would love to just spend more time with her. I knew it a lot. I knew her a lot. I spent the most time out of, you know, any of my cousins and her kids with her. But I still have so many more questions of, you
0: know, when she was a young woman. Got it. Wonderful. If we were to write an autobiography about your journey, which I feel we all should, like we, you should write and document, but this is again another project question. I would say in a rapid fire. If we were to write an autobiography about your journey, what would you like the title to be? The title.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't. Um, I actually have thought about this, but I think it would have to be the
0: the Adventures of Blenda. <laughs> Uh, wonderful, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, one yeah. thing, one last question, one thing that you would like to change or add in the eye care industry, what would that be? Change
1: in the eye care industry. Uh, yes, we need to move the needle on how many doctors are doing, actively uh, prescribing myopia management treatments.
0: Wonderful, I love, you know, how you are like so dedicated to myopia. And with that, we did end a rapid fire, you did wonderful. Great questions and great responses. And I loved, and I'm happy to know like, you know, what all we can do together when we meet next time, for sure. Uh, before we end this episode, do you have any final takeaway message for all my listeners?
1: Um, I would say that, you know, courage, just, courage is just overcoming your fears. So the only thing that keeps anyone from doing and pursuing their dreams is being afraid. So it's just a matter of, was stronger your fear or the desire to accomplish something so we all have fears um you know i had a lot so i think when we say somebody's courageous it's because they were able to overcome those fears it doesn't mean that we are not we didn't have fears
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love the reality check that you gave throughout this discussion where when we all feel like oh you've got it all you're like no you know, you you all can get it all. it's all it's all still work in progress. But- Wait, I have one last thing to say. Do
1: I have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. go for it. My latest uh, accomplishment I feel or or role is that I am a founding board member of Leo, which is Latinos and Optometry. It's a group that we are putting together along with Diana Canto, Lawrence Chavez, Hector Santiago, and Karen Carasquillo. These are um, Howard Purcell. We are the current board members. And we're trying to develop this group to support and help Latino optometrists, but also to recruit more students to join um, this beautiful profession. So stay Wonderful.
0: tuned to learn more about Leo. <laughs> Wonderful. And do you have any links or something that you would like to share? Then I can drop it in the description as well. Yes, I can download so weird
1: we just had a meeting today literally so I will um, share the website um, for Leo.
0: Perfect. So all those who are listening and it's, you need not be Latino or like, you know, to know this, you can just spread the word because now things are global. So I'll be sharing the information about Leo in the description link. Do check it out and do support. We all want more diversity, more people and joining this profession, because we definitely feel this is one of the most blessed profession where we are all happy and proud to be part of so thank you once again for all your efforts for all the work that you're doing and it's it's been a wonderful episode thank you thank you thank you for having me